0: You are listening to Dr. Body, Mind, Soul. My name is Jude and I'm your doctor and guide here to discover the science and wisdom of the Body, Mind, Soul connection so you can learn how to live a truly healthy life. Let's dive in. Welcome to the first episode of Dr. Body, Mind, Soul. This episode is going to be a little bit different from the ones that will follow. As this time, I am the one being interviewed by the wonderful Jessica Huey, MBE, entrepreneur and author of Purpose, Find Your Truth and Embrace Your Calling. This conversation is an opportunity to share a little bit about myself, my backstory as a daughter of two doctor parents, my career in medicine, which has taken me all over the world, and what has inspired me to create Dr. Body, Mind, Soul. On this episode, you will learn a little bit about what you can expect from the Dr. Body, Mind, Soul podcast, and I hope it whets your appetite for the episodes that follow. So with no further ado, I am thrilled to introduce to you the very first episode
1: of Dr. Body, Mind, Soul. So it's really special speaking to you, Jude, because, you know, what was it, sort of nine... 10 months ago that we met on retreat in the Isle of Wight and sat having a kind of super casual laid back conversation about your life as a doctor, your career as a doctor. And then you, you shared this dream that you had, this, this vision for a podcast and a platform, which would essentially, well, we're going to talk lots about what it does, but Dr. Body, Mind and Soul so incredible! Less than a year later, this is about to be birthed into into the world, and you know I've had the real honour and privilege of being a small part of that journey and seeing it come to life and just deepen and really be privy privy to the like yeah the 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 magnitude of of what you're about to to create and what you're creating. So really lovely to talk. Um, Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So just to, to get started, your your sort of background and, and, and your route into becoming a doctor wasn't particularly traditional, was it?
0: Um, I think, well, in some ways, in some ways, it was very traditional. You know, um, I'm the daughter of um, two doctor parents. And I think in families where a vocation is shared by You know, both of your parents. There's sort of um, an expectation that uh, their children will follow in their footsteps. I think that happens in doctors' families. I think that happens in teachers' families. And although that was never explicitly um, expressed, I certainly was very proud of both of my parents being doctors, and I think I wanted to follow in their footsteps. because of that and I was just always so curious about what was wrong with people you know I would ask people um, ask my mom um, in particular you know uh, what was wrong with people in the street all the time you know and I was just fascinated when she knew or she had a few ideas or she could narrow it down and I would always ask her how she knew that and found that whole process so interesting and I think I wanted to be able to do that. And so um, I studied hard, being the eldest of you know three girls and um, aimed to do my damnedest to get into medical school and follow in my parents' footsteps. And then um, I got to medical school and I suddenly had this freeze or this, uncertainty about whether actually this was for me Mm -hmm. and I entered into this very turbulent time with like uh, being unclear whether this was the profession I wanted to enter and I can't really describe why and I have lots of theories about what all that was all about but I think it was all multi-layered with with that feeling of expectation from parents and wanting to find my own Mm -hmm. my own kind of feet and my own path Um, I think I was wrangling inside myself for who I was doing this for. And I was always sort of awakening to that um, at the time. And I didn't really have the language or um experience to sort of know. But something didn't feel didn't something didn't feel quite right about being in medical school. And actually I left halfway through and I um applied for a place in through clearing mm-hmm. one summer holiday and uh, wanted to do psychology I thought that that's what I want to do I want to you know get off this treadmill I want to do something for my for myself I want to I'm interested in the human experience Um, so I applied and I got in through clearing and I was packing my bags and sort of felt relief that I was sort of following my path um, when Mm -hmm. the dean called me in and the dean called me in and he said, you know, what are you doing? Um, you've done two years now. Even if you just do an extra year, you get a bachelor's. You're about to start your clinical stuff. It totally changes things. You'll be meeting patients. Give it a go. And I was like, oh, and I was like thrown into turmoil again, unsure about what to do. And obviously, I I decided to follow the dean's advice and went, went back to medical school mm-hmm and um and i did start seeing patients and that really did help um i really enjoyed the patient contact i enjoyed hearing about the patient's story i enjoyed connecting with people and so that did sort of carry me through my final 3 years and uh but even after all that i never thought i'd be a doctor i never thought i would practice medicine like i was always looking for a way out um and uh I went to Australia, and I thought, right, I'll, uh, I'll do my, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be a doctor there for a while, and but I'm going to do something else, and, um, and I ended up, um, I ended up buying a chai van at one point. <laughs> so I, <laughs> so I was like, right, that's it. I'm, I'm leaving medicine. I'm off to, I'm off to, um, to go around festivals with this chai van and just have another life and go follow a different path. And it was funny because that sale went through just, it just fell through just at the last minute. And, um, and actually it was the biggest relief because that sort of transition when I was just about to leave medicine, um, really sharply focused into all the things I loved about it. So I really found how much I loved, um, you know working with patients I loved I loved being in AE and I had been I was working in a at the time and I really loved the buzz of the department the team working that you are integrally involved in I loved the variety I love that I could travel the world I, I was like there's so many things I actually love about this job and just as I was going to give it up mm. that's when I realized what am I doing so I thought right well I'm going to you know exercise all these amazing things that I love about my job so and one of the things is traveling with it so I thought right I'm going to go to Africa and um I went I've sort of did a bit of a google and found this amazing volunteering position and it was to be with the flying doctors so I thought right this sounds right up my alley Mm and um i went to africa in and was stationed in kenya but did a job where um we flew all over the country I, and I, sorry not country continent multiple countries um different country every day picking up various people um whether it be tourists or whether it be locals or whether it be for governments on behalf of governments to respond to disaster situations. So my eyes just really were opened yeah. to a really different medical system and medical model where I started to realise, whoa, you know, access to decent health care is rare, Mm. is, is rare in the world you know here I was you know from from the UK where we have you know free access um to all and Australia very similar and suddenly thrown in a place where to get access to a decent hospital you had to ring a private company which I was working for um although I was volunteering for it so you know I suddenly sort of started to realize oh wow, you have to have money, you have to pay for someone to come and get you and fly you to a different country hours away to access a decent hospital. That just really shocked me and it kind of inspired me to come back to Australia and I enrolled in a a Master's of, of International Health and I packed up my bags um, from sunny manly uh which is in these beautiful northern beaches and I thought right I need to challenge myself you know um life's just too easy uh in this beautiful part of the world with all my friends just within a throws throw still thrown away I'll go and live somewhere really different and really different and um, really kind of different from what anything I'd known and I went to Alice Springs So I went to Alice Springs, which is a tiny town in the middle of the desert, in the middle of Australia, um, with a largely Indigenous population. And I was studying this Masters of International Health. And um, again, my eyes were opened, you know, um, to what was essentially a third world kind of country within this first world country. So this huge disparity um, between um, health and wealth and opportunity, and culture. And I really saw and experienced a real jarring kind of discomfort I had while living there, this sort of conflict and paradox and um, and policy, um, again, between what government was being advised to do, which I was reading in all, in my master's programme, what, you know, the social um impact the social social economic impacts of health and that that being um and the difficulties with implementing that in real life and i was seeing the result of those really poor policies in front of my eyes you know a society and a peoples under distress, under real distress and that being expressed in Substance abuse, unemployment, domestic violence, suicide—it mm. um, really infection. All markers of health were just grossly affected, and so stark to mm. see. So that sort of just challenged was quite challenging, and I found that job really quite yeah quite challenging and quite jarring, um, and and amazing um, at the same time. So then I moved to Melbourne and I sort of did some, um, I was training all this, all this time, sort of making my training as I was going along.
1: Mm.
0: And I worked in Melbourne for a bit and then I thought, right, it's time that I, I, I come back to the UK. So sort of a mixture of reasons sort of got me back to the UK.
1: Can I just ask you, Jude, how old were you at this point? Because your bravery, your courage really stands out. And, it, you know, this, this, sort of decision to just leave the comfort of friends and beautiful beaches and opt for something really challenging and out of comfort so how old were you at that point um I was in my mid-20s
0: yeah I was in my early to mid-20s I finished medical school young I finished at 21 because being Scottish and going straight in to from school to university I, I graduated really young and and I've always seeked challenge and I've always wanted to sort of yeah I've always I've always been interested in in just pushing myself so yeah that's definitely come through and um and served me well you know and served me well um but actually it was that sort of need to stop that really brought me home because I had been moving so much and I had been challenging myself so much that I felt called to come home and to stop
1: Mm.
0: and I needed to sort of take that outward exploration that I had been doing and really
1: delve in Mm. because I think that you came back to the UK and tell us about that how that inward journey unfolded yeah so
0: so, yeah, there was just sort of a general, I think medicine as a profession is so all-consuming. You know, I'd gone straight from school, straight to university. i have travelled the world then, doing all these various jobs, doing a master's, like all of these um, studies. Um, I just didn't know who I was out with all of that. And I felt sort of an. Un- an unease and I'd always felt this unease within with being within the medical profession that I couldn't really understand and so I was I went on this I went on an inner journey and I didn't really know where it was going and I didn't really know what I was seeking but it started with you know it started with plain talking therapy and then I just decided to be to, to open myself up to Following my heart a little bit more, to opening myself up to my own intuition a little bit more and being curious about what was being offered in that space. So that just led me on a whole kind of um, journey of various like healing modalities from sound therapy and um, to art, to soulful psychology, to plant medicines, to relationship coaching to all sorts of things, you know, which just really opened my eyes and actually opened my opened my heart um, and allowed me to gain access to myself wow. um,
1: in a way that I hadn't before. You talk about being forced to challenge what you'd taken for granted. you talk a bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's just
0: been a constant kind of thread that's come through just like constantly being challenged what I take for granted I've been I'd you know one that I mean I've always valued health as my top priority um and that's really been a a, a, a sort of um pass from my mother mm. and then I guess I was challenged when I didn't see that being reflected in the world around me and I just thought that health was everyone's top priority and um should be the government's top priority and should be, be all of our top priority. And that just really challenged challenged me there. But also like that um I had also really believed in in medicine and what I was doing and what and that that was the way in which we got people better. I mean, I've come, I'm come from a scientific family, I come from a doctor. you know I'm a double doctor's daughter that was that was the narrative and that's how medical school is taught that you know to treat something you use xyz drugs Mm. and exercise and you need to tell someone to exercise and to stop smoking and you know so I was just that that sort of ran through and and I was just as I was opening up to all these alternative or so-called alternative healing modalities I just realized there were there was, there was things I had never been taught that were also very healing and could be used in conjunction with, um, drugs that I had never been taught and that I'd never been, um, and uh, so, and I sort of started to realize, oh, I'm not getting the full picture here. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, there's, there's, I'm not getting the full picture and why have I not got the full picture and what has been missed and why is it missing? And, and this has led me to really to doctor body mind soul i really just fr- from my own experience the you know doctors are taught and do believe that what they do is right
1: mm-hmm.
0: because that is how we are taught mm. you know that this is how you treat something and that's never been and that took me a really long time to challenge mm.
1: Without the element of questioning, which, which is innate to who you are.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I realised there's all these beliefs and almost attitudes from doctors as a whole, and of course I'm generalising here. Hmm. Um, and then I realised, well, this is coming from a place of ignorance hmm. and, dare I say it, arrogance, because I have no idea what a chiropractor does. I have no idea what, um, how sound healing works. I've got no idea um, about any of these alternatives. And yet, instinctively, as a doctor, it's Mm. It's, it's, woo-woo. It shouldn't be considered. Mm. It's not even worthy of the time to look at what, how that, how that, how, that modality uh considers the body considers disease Mm -hmm. and yet it's just written off without without really any level of inquiry and that's been that's bothered me that's bothered me and so when I was asking my doctor friends about it one of the biggest questions that they would say is that these modalities were sort of preying on the vulnerable and that they um they're not they're, these are they're they're unregulated and again was like how do we know that yeah. do you know who regulates the <laughs> chiropractors that like, there are regulatory bodies like do we know who regulates the acupuncturists? Mm. do we know the level of regulation to any of these alternative therapies that you know we've just sort of blanketed mm-hmm. as you know woo-woo yeah I'm using that term just like because I guess that's the term I used
1: yeah. I used to use um <laughs> so and that, I, thing, that thing of like that idea of those sort of so-called alternative therapies playing on the vulnerable that's so interesting you know because the whole association around the word vulnerability and the idea that it makes you weak when actually I think for many of us our experience is on the contrary. <laughs> you know, if you do have the courage to question and inquire and, you know, not just sort of digest what we're taught, that takes courage to do. You know, it's 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 so interesting. Yeah,
0: It's not only interesting, but also it's completely negating the fact that when people come to a doctor, they're vulnerable, you yeah. know. So, I mean, we are dealing with the vulnerable and Yes, what we we are encouraged to use evidence-based practice, and that um, and I respect that. I respect the scientific method. I respect the use of evidence, and I respect it so much that I think we need to actually examine the quality of the evidence we are being fed look at the evidence that there is available for alternative therapies and actually balance that against the drug therapies that we're only taught about and to actually be able to give people a true informed um choice about what they choose and at the moment we're not doing that and that is really what i'm trying to do through dr body mind soul and through um through the podcast it's just to examine the evidence that is available for alternative therapies and to also um value the experience of those who have benefited from um alternative therapies and um actually respectfully consider a different perspective Mm. I think that that's lacking. Um that's that's lacking and I think that that's um really important and there's no better time that, than now to know the importance of uh, listening with humility uh with intention to understand to see the connection between you know different perspectives. Um is now like what we need is an integrated approach not just in our healthcare, but in our in our world we need to use an integrated approach so as it so happens you know I think there's no better time really for us all to yeah um to learn what it means to listen to learn what it means to respectfully consider Mm. and to um open our minds truly open our minds and open our hearts you know um
1: because that's the only way we're going to affect change it's it's quite magnificent to receive you, what you're doing and who you are from the outside in and and I, I mean that like truly from my heart because you know what you're you're effectively a bridge you really are a you're bridging world and you know, when you talk about the fact that there isn't this, that there isn't this recognition that when patients come to see doctors, they're vulnerable. What I immediately feel is, yeah, there isn't that humanity, which is all around, you know, yeah, our kind of left brain and, and, you know, the divine feminine, you're essentially bringing that in or that, you know, that is part of, of your, of your mission, isn't it?
0: It is. And it's funny that you're that you're saying that you're saying that because the state of our health system right now is really struggling. And I don't and I'm saying this as a doctor and I'm saying this with a lot of doctor colleagues and peers and friends that actually this this lack of humanity that that I feel we are forced into operating because we're working under such rigid constraints is also impacting the doctors. Like this is not what doctors came into medicine for. This is causing doctors to burn out. This is, you know, really draining everyone. A seven minute consultation with the GP, which now is even done over the phone, is really undermining the very essence of a doctor patient relationship which in which should be therapeutic it's the relationship that is therapeutic the drugs can be used here and there but that's not the essence of really why people feel better and there's evidence to support this Mm. that Mm -hmm. the relationship is important and yet we're in uh, currently we are working in a health system that 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 has stripped that away we now don't have a regular GP we go to GP's hubs mm-hmm. Um, we struggle to get a GP appointment so then people come to AE and and I see them here there and there's nowhere they can turn to and where I, I struggle to signpost them to healing modalities that work or have worked for me mm-hmm. because I'm not backed by the Evidence or even enough experience to be able to signpost them to. And this is also why I want to delve into this more because there is a real need. And I am seeing that every time I go into work now more
1: than ever. And we have to talk about this because you are on the ground right now in hospitals mid pandemic. Whilst you're, you know, by night, cultivating this, you know, doctor body, mind, and soul, and you touched earlier on the conflict between government policy, you know, or politics and and health, you know, and experiencing that in Africa, you know, what what did you learn? What were your insights then, which are perhaps relevant to what we're experiencing now?
0: Um, that we are seeing tension. There's tension you know you can see that in the news there is tension between the science and the policy mm-hmm. and there's tension between the evidence and and the policy yeah there don't marry
1: yeah
0: and there is tension and uh, a disconnect mm-hmm. between what science says is required and what policy, is there I mean we know and we've been saying it for decades that mental health is under-resourced and yet almost that's accepted as okay it's not we know it's under-resourced and it's so painful it's so painful and it's becoming increasingly disheartening to see the increase in mental health right now which on the ground is just skyrocketed and honestly having nowhere to send these people um it's disheart it's not only disheartening it's just it this is what burns doctors out this is really the soul crushing stuff nobody went into medicine nobody went into medicine to to do this mm. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there is a real disconnect and we have to face up to that. We say that we're following science and that science is medical. Um, and yet we have to understand that there's a politicization of the medical system and that science is very selective in what it chooses to, uh, science is not the selective one. It's what we are. What we are implementing is selective. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we shouldn't really be blaming the the science per se. We need to consider the underlying forces that are actually uh, sort of contributing to how that knowledge is being applied. Mm -hmm. And that was present in Africa. That's present in India when I was studying my master's over there. That's present in indigenous Australia. And it is present here. And, um, and so when, you know, thinking about science and, and as an absolute, um, I'm being challenged again, you know, being, you know, what I took for granted as being an absolute and as being true Mm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: is being challenged. And it's just science is, is at its nature, you know, a pursuit of truth and I respect the methodology, but I also want to question it
1: Mm.
0: and I also want to question how that science is being applied Mm. um through policy and 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 uh, there is a disconnect
1: so let's talk about you know and I have hope I have hope because individuals like you are yeah courageous enough to you know potentially stand um and find yourself an outlier you know within your space and and that is is just you know it's it, thank goodness I'm I'm glad to be on the planet at the same time as you um but you this has been niggling around in your in your heart and soul for a while now because was it two two and a half years ago you sat on the beach in costa rica and bought the url for dr body mind and Soul. and but you i remember you saying you felt like it was too big almost
0: i mean i i honestly don't know where that dr body mind soul idea came from but it came from somewhere and I as you said I was like um in Costa Rica and I bought two URLs I bought drbodybindsoul.com and I bought live the life you imagine.com I didn't do anything with Dr Body, Mind soul I sort of started I'd just been relationship coaching I thought right well live the life you imagine that seems kind of like um an easier Uh, more palatable path to go down so I got my cousin to build a website for me and it kind of just languished and I was like oh that that just lost steam quickly Um, you know and I just recognized that I don't think that was fully really what I felt in my soul to be necessary and vital for me to do I've you know I'd spent the last 15 years working as a doctor I want to use that experience I want to bring that knowledge out that's been that's important work and so through a few you know um more self-development courses (laughs) um I just realized how important it was for me to step into my purpose and to really, as you say, you know, I think there, think there is, there has been an element of trepidation in challenging the status quo. And whenever I mention, you know, alternative therapies, I watch myself as I say it to other doctors because I can see the judgment on their faces until I sort of, if as long as I mention the word evidence, <laughs> I sort of. I'm able to get them back on side or at least curious enough to just question their own biases. Um, but yeah, it, it 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 is um it is it is a challenge to sort of enter into this space. And sometimes when I'm even reading or people talk to me about these alternatives to alternatives, I myself feel challenged about like oh, that's really, that That sounds out there. Like, oh, and then I watch my own bias and then I sort of really sort of need to lean into why I'm getting such a strong reaction about something. And there's
1: power so- in that because in you allowing your own biases to become apparent and, and acknowledge them, you then make it okay for us all to recognize our own and continue to cultivate that spirit of inquiry, which, as you say, is so necessary now for us to start to really listen deeply, park our judgment so that we can have a more integrated, complementary um, existence on this planet. So why now then? I hear that you did, you know, you did some more self-development and kind of reverend like but what, what comes up when I say why now?
0: I recognize for me it was time to live my truth, to grow more fully into my authentic self, to express myself, and um, and I was inspired by others, namely you Jess, you know, when I sat across from you at New Year and you talked about um, your own personal journey of stepping in, stepping up and into your purpose and how that's helped so many people, me now being one of them, there's a real power to that. And I just, something shifted. And I thought, this is t- this is my time. Uh, this is my time. And I think, as you know, it's all happening at the right time. <laughs> and there is no better time than now to really... Um, Learn to listen, value connection, value integration, value curiosity, watch our judgments, um, be open to learn um the now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And be bloody brave. <laughs> yeah. So what, what can we expect in terms of, of of guests? What kind of guests?
0: Oh well, um,
1: I think the guests are going to
0: fall into three main categories. Mm-hmm. I want, and that sort of reflects the integration that I respect. I respect science, I respect research. I'll be speaking to scientists and researchers who are um, curious about um, the body mind soul connection. And also, just all areas of scientific inquiry, like what what is wisdom, what is science, you know, they open up these big, beautiful, juicy questions to really get to the heart of where of our division. Mm-hmm. And as we do that, we will just there's so much more than that that connects us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm learning that as I'm recording each episode right now, and it's just such a beautiful unfolding. Um. I'll also be speaking to healers. Mm-hmm. So that's all sorts of alternative therapists um, and doctors as well who value holistic approaches, you know, who are who either intuitively or have studied um, alternative healing modalities and use that sort of practice on their patients. So I'm interested in learning more about them.
1: Mm.
0: And also I want to bring in... Um, patients who I'm calling seekers, because we're all going to be patients one day. I, for one, am a seeker. Um, And I value all those people that have come to me and shared their personal experience of an illness, which has opened my eyes up in a different way to how it feels to be um, a patient, whether that be within the medical system or just actually within your own body as it's going through something big. Mm. Um, So I want to bring that level of experience to open our eyes into illness in a different way and also to become inspired um, by those who have had benefit from an integrated approach so that we can all have knowledge and confidence which educates and empowers us to seek deep healing if that's something we wish Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's gonna be be. such
1: a rich rich resource for, for all of us um and so you know to use your well actually so in a nutshell jude like what's the mission for dr body mind and soul
0: Well, the mission is changing and growing all the time. So I would have answered this question that the mission of Dr. Body, Mind, Soul is to expand the collective consciousness of the body, mind, soul connection so we can all learn to live a truly healthy life. And that stands. And as I'm Going on this journey, I'm realizing a curiosity around intersections, you know. So not just body, mind, but also wisdom and science, um, East and West, um, politics and medicine, you know, these intersections um, that, as I say, I want to build connections and integrate um, from both sides of the pond. Um so yeah it's a it's a definite work in progress
1: and the mission is growing yeah. roll on the next episode i say <laughs> yeah bring it on it's lovely to chat with you jude thank you, so you. thank you so much thank you so much yeah experience lots of love
0: thank you so much thank you so so much for joining me today if you have any questions relating to this episode or you have a topic you would like me to explore on the next podcast, shoot me a DM on Instagram at Dr. Body, Mind, Soul.